Today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Please follow along on your phones or on the screen above. Hear now the word of God. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Today we have a very, very special speaker, guest speaker, uh, joining us here on New Mercy. Uh, I think it was two summers ago when um, Lisa and I, we got to take our whole family on overseas missions for the first time. As our children are getting older, you know, we, we needed to kind of take a step of faith and, you know, we, let's go. Let's just take them someplace. So we went to India for a couple of weeks in summer. Then uh, we also had an opportunity to go to Korea, uh, visit an orphanage, a uh, children's home, and got to serve there. Uh, under the ministry of Yana, right? Yana Ministries. Uh, and we really saw for the first time, you know, this Yana group in action. Uh, and it was, all, it was awesome. It was amazing. So after that experience, uh, I've been contacting uh, our friend, Pastor Drew, to come and, hey, can you send somebody from Yana? You know, we want to hear your story and your vision and, and stuff like that. But it just didn't work out. So we're like, what is going on? God, it's so hard. And so last year, the pastors really tried hard to get the Yana group come, someone to come and share the story, but it didn't work, uh, and the door didn't open, so we were really bummed out, but this year, a couple of weeks ago, I happened to be at a conference, and that's when I met um, SK, uh, Sungyu Shin, uh, and he was sharing his story, and he's one of the uh, founders of Yana, and I was like, oh my gosh, what are the chances, and I got to hear his story, I was blown away, it was just so encouraged, and, and just, just, it was amazing how God worked in and through his life. Uh, after the conference, I, I emailed him. I was like, SK, you know, I know this is like last minute, but can you come and speak at our church like next week? You know, uh, really last minute. Uh, and he said yes, graciously uh, accepted. So uh, he is here uh, with his wife, Grace. Uh, and uh, I got to hear already two times already the, the sermon, the message, but uh, it's, it's amazing just how God uh, took this man and uh, really just poured out his grace and what a testimony and what a story and what an awesome God that we have. So we're very excited to have him. So at this time, I just want to invite him up uh, and, and to uh, share his story with us. So can we just give him a big hand? Let's, let's invite SK. Hi there. Oh, come on, you can do that better than that, right? All right. Hi there. All right. You know, like Pastor Wan just said, I've done this twice before this, this morning. And, you know, I'm going to relax a bit because it sounds like uh, the average age here compared to the first two congregations, my guess is about 15 lower. So I think I can relax. I don't have to stick to my script so much. You know, and we'll just uh, hang out and talk about, um, you know, what I want to talk about. Well, here's the thing. My wife, Grace, over there, she's my, uh, you know, the critic I have to watch out for. She says that whenever I give these kind of um, messages, I'm really stiff, and I don't tell them any jokes. So um, you guys need to help out, okay? Um, Even if it ain't that funny, laugh, all right? Okay. I'm not a pastor, like uh, Pastor just, one, one just mentioned. So this is going to be a sharing of my testimony, 
as well as a story about Yana. I'd like to uh, share my testimony with you because um, it shows what happens when God gets involved in a person's life. I also want to talk to you about how God gets involved in the life, lives of people and what that means to us. Oh, can we flip that uh, presentation to slide two? Yeah. Okay, slide two. And finally, I hope to tell you about a dream that my friends and I have, hoping that some of you will hear God's calling and join us in the, um, the dream. But before I get to that, uh, get to my testimony, I'd like to uh, tell you a story about my pastor, uh, Pastor Juan. He uh, pastors True Light Church in Teaneck. You know, it's always good to talk about your pastor when he's not around. Next slide. All right. In the summer of 2008, Pastor Jew got himself in big, big trouble. Jew was then the education pastor, pastor at uh, Praise Presbyterian Church in Somerset, New Jersey. Well, how does a young pastor from a nice suburban town in New Jersey get himself in big trouble? Well, he and a student pastor, Pastor Joanne, went to Korea with a short-term mission team of eight youth group girls. Eight youth group girls, you know. That's trouble enough, I guess. But they were really looking forward to this trip because they had been introduced to a children's home located in the city of Mungyong. That's way, way south in uh, Korea. Uh, Next slide, please. Some people call them orphanages, but we call them children's homes or social welfare centers for children. This is because a big majority of children who live in these homes are not, in fact, orphans. 70 to 80 plus percent of the residents in such homes have at least one living parents. But they still live in these facilities because their parents either cannot raise them or do not wish to raise them. Reasons vary. Economic hardships, divorce, alcoholism, mental disabilities, and so on. You know, it's, uh, we've, we've been working with these children for almost 10 years. It's very hard to have a baggage like that when you know that your parents are out there and they don't want you. It's actually worse sometimes than having parents who no, no longer live. So at the time, government statistics estimated that approximately 20,000 children live in these homes in Korea. Pastor Ju and the team really wanted to reach out to these children. They wanted to share the love of Jesus Christ with them. And so they prepared for weeks. They prepared an English VBS program for them. They bought and packed gifts, snacks, VBS decorations, materials to do crafts, etc., etc. After a long flight, they landed in Incheon International Airport. They were both exhausted and excited, but the news they heard shortly after their arrival was devastating. They learned that the organization that had arranged their trip to this children's home in Mungyong had made a big mistake. Because the misunderstanding, misunderstanding was so big, there was really no way that they could still go there. So think about this. Imagine this. There was Pastor Ju in Korea with a student pastor and eight 
youth group girls without a place to go. Can you imagine what that's like? About that day, Pastor Jew now says that God was about to lead them to, quote-unquote, wrong place, but on the right path. In short order, Pastor Jew learned about a children's home in Seoul that may welcome them. In fact, the Dongmyeong Children's Welfare Center had an opposite problem. A group of college students was supposed to come and offer English tutoring to the residents. Apparently, they could not come. So Pastor Ju's thinking, oh, good. God meant for this all along. And so convinced of that, Pastor Ju told Dongmyeong staff all about themselves and their situation. So before long, they were invited to come to Dongmyeong. Do you remember I t- uh, said to you that this pastor had gotten himself in big, big trouble? Well, contrary to his expectations, he, he's, he's thinking, you know, God meant to be, meant this to be, so my troubles are over, all over. But no, actually, his troubles were just beginning. When they arrived at Dongmyeong, the first problem came from the adults. When he met them, dressed in shorts and a t-shirt, they asked where the pastor was. You know, it's like, where's the pastor? 목사님 어디있어요? You know? So, you see, they were expecting an older gentleman in suit and tie, like a typical Korean pastor. They were surprised that this young man, looking barely 30 years old, was the pastor they were expecting. Well, a few good laughs uh, solved that problem. But what came next was worse. The first time they were introduced to Dongmyeong children, they could tell that these children were not in an exactly welcoming mood. Some of them looked indifferent, but others appeared almost hostile. Soon, Pastor Ju learned the reason why. Volunteers visit, sponsors come around, but of all such people, the children liked people from churches the least. They had come to know that church people come around, hand out some gifts, take many, many pictures, leave, never to return. So these children had come to possess such a sense of mistrust that when they learned that these visitors were from a church, from America no less, they had no interest in spending time with them or listening to them. Well, my guess is that by this time, Pastor Jew was thinking, oh, good Lord, I'm in really, really big trouble. You know, this, this is really turning out to be a one disaster after another. Could be a total waste of effort, money, and time. How in the world is he going to explain all this to the church folks back home? For one thing, the organization messed up big time, so they couldn't go where they were supposed to go. For another thing... Where they wound up, he thought it was God's will, and he's facing an audience that's hostile because they were from a church. So in desperation, he asked for 10 minutes, just 10 minutes to spend with the older children at Dongmyeong. These are the teenagers. He explained to them that the mission team girls spoke very little Korean, and so they must help to make the VBS possible for the younger Dongmyeong children. 
all of them, the teenagers, I mean, listened so, somewhat politely for 10 minutes. I'm sure the teachers made them do that, but left without any positive feedback. It seemed that they were really not interested at all. Next five slides, please, slowly. But miraculously, all 12 teenagers who had listened to them showed up the next morning wearing their VBS step shirts. So remember, it's all about that. Cool-looking shirts, they do the trick every time. So for a week, they did the English VBS from 9 a.m. to noon, and in the afternoons, they spent time with the youth group age teenagers. One time, the Dongmyeong youth members took the mission team on a tour of the city of Seoul. When the time for parting came, they promised that they would be back the following summer. Some older Dongmyeong kids were skeptical because that was the same, the typical farewell promise that they had heard many times, including from their parents. But we have been going back every, every year since, and this summer marks the 10th annual visit to Dongmyeong Children's Home. Next slide. Not only that, since 2011, we have been inviting some of these children and their teachers to come and visit us in America, usually for about two weeks. We call this Flying Happiness Trip because we consider all these children as God's happiness and our happiness. Many people, when they hear the name of this trip, Flying Happiness, they think that it's just because we're offering them a really good, happy time, and they just happen to be flying from, the, from Korea to the U.S. That's why we call them flying happiness. No, actually, that's because we consider these children to be our happiness, God's happiness, and they happen to be flying to us. So that's why we call that flying happiness. In 2012, that happiness inspired Pastor Jew and me, as well as other people who love these children, to start a not-for-profit organization called Yana Ministry, to tell these children, you are not alone in concrete ways. For example, since 2014, we have been inviting students from Dongmyeong to come and live with host families so they can study in the States, fully funded and supported. Um, We have three students at this point. One of them started in 2014, Um, as a middle schooler, and uh, she just finished her freshman year in high school, and that's uh, Yejin. She lives with, she's been living with us since 2014. We also have two others who attend college at this point. This fall, God willing, we will welcome two more. And we are hoping to bring as many as we can for the study abroad program I just told you about a long way from indifference and mistrust just because we were from a church. Now, we'll leave Yana for a few minutes and get to my testimony. A story about how a baby born in a Buddhist family got to meet Jesus and is standing in front of you now. I was diagnosed with glaucoma before I was 100 days old. I know this because... uh, I was told that my 100th day celebration, Pegil Janchi, took place at the hospital. 
From then on, it was a continuing saga of surgeries and recoveries. In fact, my mother quit counting after surgery number 22. Most of the sight in my left eye was lost due to a surgical mistake shortly after I turned one. Although surgeries and medication helped me maintain some sight in my right eye, its retina detached when I was seven years old. A retina is a thin membrane-like tissue that converts light the eye receives into neural signals and sends them to the brain for visual recognition. Don't worry if you didn't understand what I just said. I don't know what I just said either. I just copied this from the internet. Back then in the 1970s Korea, the only surgical technique to repair a detached retina was to sew it up by hand. We tried this surgery twice. Each time, the post-surgery recovery took at least six weeks. That whole time, six weeks, I think one time it was like seven weeks, I had to lie in bed, hospital bed, with my head totally immobilized. The idea was that the newly sewn retina had to be given ample time to heal. Those of you, well, you don't have, I guess that not that many people with kids here, right? But I'm sure you have, um, you, don't, you probably were this age not too long ago, seven years old, so you probably remember this. Imagine staying in bed with your head totally immobile for six hours, let alone six weeks. It's tough, you know. Um, I bet you can't do it even now, let alone seven. I was, uh, when I was permitted out of bed, I had to learn to walk again um, through painful physical therapy because my legs had atrophied. Despite all those efforts, not to mention paying enough money to buy a house each year for eight straight years, I lost my sight, all of it, when I was nine years old. Now, so they don't do this here in the U.S., but in Korea they um, categorize all the different levels of disability. So in Korea, I'm called blind first class. So it's like 일급 시각장애인. It's like, a, you know, it sounds really good in English, doesn't it? I mean, first class in most cases is a good thing, but not for this. But what do you know? It was because I became blind that I met Jesus. As I mentioned, my family was Buddhist. How then did I get to meet Jesus? Uh, Next slide. Well, it was from three things. My desire to be free, my hunger for nourishment, and many people's love for the Lord. First, I lived in a dormitory at a school for the blind in Seoul. Every Monday evening, there was a worship service. If I attended it, I did not have to stay in my dorm room studying. So it was a choice between being locked up for 90 minutes or attend this Christian service. My desire to be free won out. Second, you cannot overlook the temptation of things to eat when it comes to attracting people to worship, right? Well, they gave away snack food after the service, so I went for the food. Thirdly, and mostly, most, most importantly, people, quite a number of people, as a matter of fact, prepared and came every week to share the gospel with the blind students. That's 
what made a real difference. They talked about Jesus, sang with us about having peace like a river, and taught us about the grace, the grace of God that came to all mankind through the life, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Looking back, it was also their own acts of grace that broke through the shells of sadness and guided all of us to the altar of grace. What is grace? Other than it being the name of the beautiful woman I live with, over there, it is action that costs the giver everything. Yet grace makes all the difference in the world, in the lives of those who receive it free of charge. The volunteers came not only for Monday evening services, they also came to take us on outings. They bought us meals that were far better than dormitory food. They spent time with us, listening to our angst, complaints, fears, whatever. Above all, they treated us like real people, not like others who, at best, shied away from us because our blindness made them uncomfortable and certainly not like those who treated us with contempt and cursing because they thought that the blind would bring them bad luck. Through the love of these volunteers, I came to know what grace was and met the Lord. Next slide. With the gospel came dreams, dreams of a better, brighter future. I dreamed that I would be the first blind person to win the annual title to the academic competition. It was a TV show back then. It's NBC, Chao right? So I was thinking, I will do that. Somebody's laughing over there. Somebody, did somebody try it? I vowed to be the first blind student ever to win admission to the Seoul National University. Back then, blind students could not even apply there. You know, that, I just ignored that. My dream about a career did not match my, uh, my mother's dream. She hoped that I could uh, learn to play the piano and become a music teacher at a school for the blind. No, no, that was not huge enough, you know. Um, I wanted to be the first Korean. You see all this first stuff, you know? The first Korean to win the Chopin competition and become a world-famous pianist. Well, having no musical talent whatsoever was beside the point. Do you know how many of those dreams came true? Take a wild shot. That's right, none. But God has something better in mind. Next slide. I want no quiz competition. Instead, I got a chance to come to the United States and study thanks to a Scottish missionary named Barry Flitcroft. I never had the chance to apply to the Seoul National University, but I was admitted to four of the most prestigious universities in the world, Harvard, MIT, Princeton, and UPenn. And I got to even study at two of these places. Maybe not as cool as a concert pianist performing on world stages to thunderous applause, but I have been making a living as an investment analyst on Wall Street for 23 years. God's grace and plan guided a dreamy blind boy to who I am today. 
But I have never seen God, and that has nothing to do with the fact that I cannot see anything. There were times when I thought I heard his voice speaking to me during prayers. But it has been the hearts, the efforts, and the perseverance of God's many people who brought me so much farther than anyone ever imagined. All those volunteers who came to visit the blind students, the Scottish missionary I just mentioned, who made connections and introductions. Next two slides. Next two. The Omisher family who took me in when I was 15 years old with, and with no legal papers adopted me as one of their own children. My prayer for my children is that they too will become people whose faith change their lives and the lives of others. And that is also my prayer for all of us here. Our faith should change our lives and the lives of others whom God sends our way. In summary, I have continued to follow the path that God has prepared for me. Along this path, I have met many people whose thoughts, actions, and generosity have brought me so much farther than anybody ever imagined except for God. When considering what God has done in my life, I often say the prayer that King David offered to the Lord, Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? God brought me very far indeed from a young blind boy in Korea with few prospects to a man with his, his own family, enviable educational background, career on Wall Street, and opportunities to serve God through writing, speaking, and helping others. Next slide. God, however, did not do any of this by magical means. As I said, he did all this through the hard work of his many people. The Omershers, as a prime example, took me in, at first I'm sure, because they considered it to be the Christian thing to do. They parented me through the tough teenage years. Even now, the whole Omersher family considers me as one of their own. This is why I consider our work in Yana ministry God-ordained. Just as God used his people to bring a blind boy from Korea so far, he will use Yana people to take many Yana children very far in faith and in life. This is what we believe and what we pray for. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, God told all of us in real, concrete ways, you are not alone. It is our turn to deliver this message. You are not alone. God is with you. We are with you to those who have been abandoned by their families. Next slide. We have been com- com- commanded by com- we have been commanded to spread the gospel to all the world. I'm sure many people do do this um, through many ways, but I do not know a better way than 
by meeting people's needs, thus demonstrating Christ's love. Actions speak louder than words, they say. Jesus showed his love through action. Even before his sufferings on the cross, he fed the hungry, healed the sick, and raised the dead. And he did one more thing. To show the extent of his love, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. I could not find the picture of this incredibly touching scene, and so um, I asked my 12-year-old son to draw one. Next slide, please. See? Good picture? Um, You know, he really loves to draw. Maybe someday he will be a really famous artist, you know, and we'll uh, put this up for sale um, after the message is done. I'm told that washing someone else's feet was something even the lowliest servant would not do at that time. But Jesus humbled himself so low and washed their feet. Then he told them to wash each other's feet. What he was saying, I think, was that we should love each other to the extent that he loved us. If we do, how could the name of him whom we serve not be revered to the point of bringing many people to the altar of grace. Next slide. I have been told over and over and over again that the key mission of a church is to bring the unsaved to salvation. I pray that all of us can do this by meeting the needs of those who are poor, abandoned, excluded from the mainstream society, and treated unjustly. I'm afraid, however, that we, all of us, focus, tend to focus a lot more on our own needs, ours, our families, our churches, etc. I do not suggest that we ignore our own needs and concerns. I do suggest, however, that we expand the meaning of who we are and who our family is by including those whom God sends our way. For me, my family and my Yana friends and colleagues, the abandoned and impoverished children of Korea are the ones God has sent and is sending our way. Jesus, who promised to hear our prayers and answer them, also talked about those who are hungry, thirsty, strangers, in need of clothes, sick, or imprisoned. We desire that God answer our prayers. We should also seek to be answers to prayers, prayers of needy souls whom God sends our way. Whom do you think God is sending your way today? I pray that for some of you, God will send Yana children your way, and through your love, sacrifice, and persistence, their lives and yours will be changed Next slide. This slide and the one after that, the last slide, um, shows you how you may participate in Yana ministry. Now, um, we've, been, we've done this twice before today, and I'm, I'm told uh, there, there are uh, two young people out there um, who have a table um, of uh, materials, um, promotional items, and, and other things and they can answer your questions too. But I'm told there have been two major questions asked about Yana this morning. 
So I'm going to answer them here. The first question was, does every dollar that sponsors um, donate go to the children? And the answer is yes. We have a, um, uh, two different ways that we um, receive donations. Um, so if you are a YANA board member, your donation goes to the general fund. The general fund can be um, deployed uh, for YANA main missions as well as our expenses. But if you are not a board member and if you are donating to YANA, all your money goes to um, one of two funds, actually one of three funds. Um, there are three different things that we specifically designate. Um, the, the bottom line here is that every dollar that goes into those funds are um, dedicated to the children directly. So, for example, even if you pay, you make your donations with your credit card, there are, there are fees involved in that. And basically, Yana pays for those fees. If you um, make a $50 uh, donation, I think the fee might be 3% or something, um, YANA General Fund kicks in $1.50, and entire uh, $50 donation goes to the children. The second question is, what is the difference between um, YANA and other organizations like World Vision, Compassion International, and Save the Children? I know those organizations really well. Um, since I was in college in the late, in the late 1980s, you know how old I am now, 1980s, um, I've been actually sponsoring um, a child from Save the Children. Actually, he's not a child anymore. Um, he grew up. So I, we are actually uh, sponsoring another one. But, um, and the Compassion International, the same way. The way they work is to basically um, collect um, donations and basically spread it around a community. And it's a small uh, amount of help um, given to many, many, many children around the world. And that's, those are awesome, awesome organizations. What we do, however, is to concentrate our efforts on a smaller number of kids. So we basically, for example, the YANA um, Study Abroad Program bring over children, you know, anywhere from like sixth grade to college-age children, um, uh, people, and basically pay for all their education and living expenses. So that's actually um, trying to make a big difference in a small number of people. That, that's basically the difference between our two, um, or I guess, between Yana and all those others. Um, I'll be here after the service, so you can ask questions directly before I, was, I had to actually go to different places. And you have David and Sarah out there. They are great. They will uh, answer questions too. Um, I'd like to close with a short prayer. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Son, our Lord, whose mercies and compassions saved us and bless, bless us. Now, please extend your mercies and compassions to many, many others through us. In this country of dreams and opportunities, on this land of milk and honey, you allowed us to live, worship, and thrive. Let us also be your agents in this country and beyond. Let our hearts be broken for things that break your heart. Let our hands, arms, and feet serve for Christ's sake. Do less for us. Do much more through us.
In the name of him who washed feet. Amen.